Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of Mikini Flavelle, and today is August 27th, 2021. And welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Happy Friday to everybody. I'm joined by somebody who's going to inform you about what's happening in the oil market and give you some, uh, if you're a paid premium customer, give you some uh, advice on what to do moving forward. So uh, Nicole Thomas, Vice President and heads up our information sales and service department. Hello, Nicole. That sounds like you're about to put a little pressure on me, Michael. Ah, Hey, it's all about pressure. But you know, I'll tell you what, Normally we talk about sports or this and that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in a fantasy league and I suck and all that stuff right. or whatever. <laughs> I'm going a different direction today. Okay. Where are we going? All right. All right. I'm going to go nostalgic. Here's what I want everybody out there to Uh-oh. do. Uh, Cause I did it this morning and I feel like, you know, the stress with smoke in California and everything happening internationally. And I was like, you know what? I just need to get a little nostalgic. You want the blockbuster? <laughs> I hear there's one you know, left. There's one left in in the state of Oregon. Which, go, fi- uh, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> it should be there. <laughs> uh, Not surprising. Living in Portland, Oregon, I can say that. Yes. Uh, but no, music. Okay. Okay. I know you like music, but I'm saying music puts you in a space, puts you in a place that uh, can change your mood and attitude. And so this morning I put on one of my favorites from uh, the 80s and 90s, and that's De La Soul. Oh, De La Soul. (sighs) Yeah. That is the golden era of hip hop there. It really is. De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest. Yep. Queen Latifah, MC Light. And I'll tell you, it took my stress away because all of a sudden I was back in high school, uh, 6'2", 125, shy guy. <laughs> and it was just like awesome. <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. You know yeah. some of the lyrics. Yeah. Extra yeah. kudos for that, for remembering that at your age, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I was reminded this week that I'm, I'm getting older with my son turning six. Yes. I'm yes. like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, he, you know, he um, two things funny happened in that whole scenario. Number one, riding in the car to school, out of the blue, he says to me, you know what, mom, I wish I were turning 60 because then I could retire and sleep all day. And I'm like, oh, so that that's what you think 60 is like. You just you retire from work and you sleep all day. I need you to, to you know, begin working before you start considering uh, retirement. Yeah. So that, that was Mike the first needs thing. to come in and talk to him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The second thing was in asking him, or family members asking him what he would like for his birthday. Yeah. You know, I'm expecting bike, yeah. um, new Hot Wheels set, you yep. know, something like that. No. Uh-uh. What do you say? He, he says, <laughs> I want a pair of distressed jeans. <laughs> oh, my gosh. God bless you. Yeah, <laughs> so apparently it. he's getting older too. <laughs> We're getting older together. Yeah. And Fun speaking times. of crazy old news, let's talk about, I, know. Uh, I don't know if that's even a transition, but. Uh, <laughs> it will be today. Uh, I try. Uh, oils. <laughs> oils. Uh, you did an amazing piece on our website. So if you haven't checked that out on how we can help you on oils, but a uh, lot happening. I was mm-hmm. just reading our, our edible oils monthly on our yeah. IQ platform. Has tons of great. Oh man, you make it so easy for me. Well, um, I, you know, give the, give the kudos to the team. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, 
team effort. They yep. put in put in all those lovely charts, make it easy for everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah, they do a great job. I'm blessed yep. to have them always. So, uh, yeah, where do you want to start? Well, you know. So first, I think you know, as you mentioned earlier, we'll start by talking a little bit about what what the situation is now, and then for our clients, we'll talk a little bit about how we're going to tackle this going yep. into 2022. So it is, you know, for all in, uh, all purposes, the the beginning of the negotiation season, maybe a little further along. It, it's yep. been an interesting one in that folks have uh, jumped in, in many instances, a little early because they see what's on the horizon. So let's talk a little bit about what's on the horizon. So we starting with supply and demand. Uh, we know the domestic market will remain tight for uh, soybeans and soybean oil. I think at this moment, the uh, estimate is 155 million bushels ending stocks, pretty pretty flat relative to, th- to this year. Uh, unless we get, you know, some additional carry in there, that's, that's about where we're sitting. Uh, and, you know, for anybody who's followed soybeans for an extended period of time, you know that is on the lower side of history in terms of availability. We're still kind of watching the weather, see what we're going to get in terms of production. Um, USDA has the yield right around 50 bushels per acre. We're hoping that, number one, some of the, you know, sporadic late season rains here and there in the upper Midwest uh, will help a little more with soybeans than what we will likely see with corn. And also, similar to corn, hoping that the eastern portion of the belt with with its great weather thus far will help to offset any decline that comes from elsewhere. And if that happens, then we can get this 155 million bushels. If that doesn't happen, things could get even more interesting. Uh, and we're either going to have to see imports come up a little bit, which is, you know, weird to even say living in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, that you would have to import soybeans to manage uh, getting through the marketing year, but it's a real possibility. Globally, it's supposed to be a little better, actually, and these stocks numbers going up a little bit, uh, but much of that also depends on, you know, how harvest pans out for the Northern Hemisphere, how weather pans out in uh, South America uh, with La Nina potentially resurfacing, the strong, a strong potential for it resurfacing in the coming months. And, you know, considering it's been dry for an extended period of time in South America, the effect all of that is having on river levels and the ability to get beans and soybean products uh, out of Argentina, most notably, into the world market. So all those things playing with soybeans. Then you get the soybean oil and stocks are supposed to drop by about 350 million pounds year on year going into 2122. Holy cow. Puts us at, at under one and a half billion. Uh, and that is with some revision to demand, which we're going to talk about a, a little bit more here in a second. <laughs> that is always the toughest thing to gauge this, you know, early in the season or even before the season starts, but it's going to be even trickier this year from a supply side. If I'm looking for potentially good news, I would say oil yields could run higher going into 21-22. And it all, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, but it all comes down to this dynamic of dry conditions increasing oil content in soybeans. So 
although we may see lower soybean yields than we're necessarily expecting at this moment, soybean oil yields may be a little better and that might help, you know, few, few hundred million pounds worth of, of additional production that isn't necessarily being accounted for in the balance sheet just yet. And if you look at it from a global standpoint, the other thing that could help a little bit more on the soybean side is that uh, Chinese crush has slowed a bit. Their margins have tanked from earlier this year when they were phenomenal. I think they're down something like 80% today versus where they were, you know, back in January, February. So um, a lot of question about their demand, although they just recently made a, a purchase of soybeans for 21-22. And we all know that they are our big export market and represent a big chunk of that, that piece of the balance sheet. So something to keep in mind. So generally speaking, that's what we have for S&D today. Why we have to be a little nervous about 2022 isn't just the soybeans and isn't just soybean oil. Because we all know about, you know, bigger demand, coming from renewable diesel. There's some rumors out this morning that we're going to see some changes uh, for the 2020 and 21 mandates being reduced, but the 2022 mandates coming up. Uh, And I think that's the key thing, everyone, uh, that along with the fact that so much of that demand is driven at the state level and not the federal level, and that crude oil prices have been on the rise. Now, some of that could be, you know, all the stuff going on in Afghanistan. Whenever you get activity of some form in that part of the world, we get the, you know, speculators kind of jumping into crude oil. But there's also, you know, the underlying concept of more demand down the road. So all those things could also be supportive of that piece. But the, the actually the category I'm more worried about is food use. Mm. And I'm worried about that because of two competing oils. Number one, I'm going to start with the one that's less dire, palm. So palm oil production has been sort of subpar relative to what we would have anticipated with what has been pretty good weather uh, in Southeast Asia, uh, Malaysia, and Indonesia. But with their COVID and pandemic-related issues, and just frankly, you know, uh, labor more than anything. And, you know, folks, folks out sick, r- restrictions on how many people can be working at, you know, any given time. All that stuff has hindered that production from really uh, making a dent in terms of, of a rebound in oil stocks. So, for instance, as of July, palm oil stocks were a little under 1.5 million tons. That's down 12% from last year. And last year, wasn't necessarily great either. I'm I'm old enough to remember palm oil stocks, monthly stocks uh, sitting at like 2 million tons. So we're uh, <laughs> old enough as in, you know, within the last four years, <laughs> but um, we, we just haven't gotten that. And that provides some limitation to, you know, what's available out there. But I will mention that on a side note here, believe it or not, palm oil prices are currently cheaper than soybean oil in the U.S. Um, And that's because you can't use the palm for the renewable diesel. So in that sense, question becomes how long does that last and what sort of substitution are we going to see down the road? But the bottom line is we really need, from a global standpoint, we need that palm to offset any issues we might have uh, with strong consumption of soybean oil. 
The bigger issue, particularly for the domestic market, is canola oil and canola. So, you know, talking about soybeans and corn and the issues in the upper Midwest, and, and it has been bad. It has been worse wow. in the Canadian yeah. prairies. And the projections at this point, you know, kind of everyone's got numbers out there, but the estimate right now is that the canola crop is going to fall by 20% year on year. So less canola means not only stronger prices for canola oil, but less availability of it as well. And that is coming into a year, 2022, where in the U.S., we need every lick of oil we can get. So right now, those refined canola oil stocks in the U.S. are pretty high, or at least as of June. But that dynamic is going to change in 21-22, just out of, out of necessity. And the potential for substitution for folks that are in need of soybean oil and, and folks who, you know, traditionally would be buying canola oil that are going to have to probably take a little soybean oil to offset lower supplies of canola. So that's all for 2022. I sort of scratched the surface on the biofuels thing, but my quote for the day is the federal government will not save you. <laughs> <laughs> Some folks are really, really, really going to love that. I know. Apply, I go, yeah, to the feds, you can trust the feds. <laughs> And I say that in, in this in this capacity regarding the biofuels mandate, lots of mixed messages in that, you know, we're going to get a change here, but it's going to impact 2020 and 21 mandates and 2022 mandates are going to go up or maybe those will go down as well. And again, emphasizing what I just said, a lot of that demand is being driven at the state level. So you need states to make changes to those uh, in order to really see that dent. Now, what could happen is less biodiesel that is uh, offset to some degree by more renewable diesel. Because a lot of the biodiesel stuff, yes, is, is driven uh, by that mandate at the federal level. But energy prices are are rising. And that's, that's the thing I think people have to understand too, is uh, as those prices go up, the economic incentive grows for use of uh, more biodiesel. And because I know someone will say, yeah, but it's really expensive. That is true. And that could certainly lean one more towards mandate driven uh, consumption. And I get it, but I, I look at it this way. Right now we have multiple, and this is why I say the federal government will not say <laughs> we have multiple crises taking place right now, many of which are directly impacting the consumer or more accurately, voters that are going to get priority. We got, you know, resurgence of COVID, trying to get folks vaccinated, the potential for needing boosters and getting that going. We got Afghanistan and all that's going on over there. We've got ev the end of eviction moratoriums. We've got infrastructure pro projects. Bottom line is, in the grand scheme of things, this biofuel thing, it's probably lower on the radar <laughs> yeah. than a lot of other issues are right now. So rather than just saying, hold out hope that we're going to see some majorly drastic change to the biofuel, the, the federal renewable fuel standard that's going to help this situation, 
we have to be proactive and kind of take it into our own hands. And that that is what we're going to talk to our customers about here next. Exactly. Well, that's a great recap, Nicole. And uh, yeah, for you paid customers that are on our IQ platform, uh, go ahead and keep listening to our extended version. Uh, and uh, if you're interested in becoming an IQ subscriber, just reach out to us. We'll put you on a test drive. It's pretty awesome stuff. And uh, Nicole, I want you to have a, a, a great, great weekend. Uh, everybody out there, have a great weekend. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute, moment with your friends and family. And I'll tell you what. Mm. Go ahead and get nostalgic. Listen to a band yes. that you used to like that uh, puts you in a good place if uh, you're feeling a little stressed or you just want to just relax. Or if you just want to irritate your kids because they really love when you dig out the old music. And now I get it. Now I get it. But You know, I think Kevin's kids are going to hear cream oh, or something like poor that. Poor kids. I feel so bad. This is you too? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Oh, good band. Good band. No, no disrespect, Kevin. That is good band. Oh, and uh, before I let everybody go, also, finally, you're going to be speaking at the Ernerberry <gasps> Conference uh, on September, I believe, 27th is the day you're speaking at. So yes. Ernerberry is having their executive conference. You're talking on grains and uh, go see her. It's going to be fun, informative, and it's Vegas. Uh, yeah, I said earlier this week at the on the, uh, the webinar, yeah, it, that had nothing to do with my decision <laughs> to speak on this topic in it's Vegas. It's all just to help people. Yes, of <laughs> course. Helping people. Yes. All right. Until next time, everybody, take care. See ya. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.